Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. My name is Benson Faxer, and I'll be the host of your show today. This week in Pirates Baseball, if we're looking at the win-loss record, it wasn't too good. But that's not what spring training is about. Spring training for hitters is about getting their timing and tempo, and for pitchers, it's about executing the pitches that they've worked on all offseason and honing their command. The results are the results but that's not what we can focus on. Yes, the Pirates only won one game this week, and yes, we're going to break down the week that was Pirates baseball. But do not panic. It is spring training, and there are still pauses to take away from this week. On Saturday, the Pirates dropped to the Twins by a score of 10. Roughed up in that outing. On Sunday, the Pirates lost to the Yankees 6-5, and the reason why you can't take too much credence on spring training results is they were up in the A game. They lost when the minor leaguers came in. Monday, they lost to the Braves 6-2. to two. Nick Kingham struggled. Uh, that's the most notable point of that game. Tuesday, they lost to the Twins 10-4. to four. Michael Feliz blew that lead. Thursday, big win against the Phillies 11-2. Pirates mashed five home runs. Williams pitched five scoreless innings. Great outing all around. And yesterday, we tied with the Rays 6-6. to six. Four more home runs. Uh, I mean... The last two days, nine home runs overall. That's what we can really focus on this spring. Now, I do want to get to a mailbag question real quick. Uh, just taking one this week. It's from Nick. He wants to know, will the Pirates make the playoffs this season? Nick, they're going to make the playoffs. And I'm, I've said this multiple times. It's all about the pitching that they have, the rotation of the bullpen, and the lineup, the guys that they have in it, showing their power, such as Bell, Moran, Gong, Cervelli, Dickerson, Polanco when he comes back, even Frazier, a sneaky pop team is going to go deep. They have a swagger to them. They're young. They're hungry. Watch out for them in 2019. Let's get into our weekly awards. MVP of the week for me goes to Starling Marte, a 417 average, 5 for 12, two home runs, and five RBIs. This man's home run last night, my Goodness, four rows back over the boardwalk at Lee Calm Park, four rows of cars back. Hit off a convertible soft uh, top roof, skidded four rows back, and uh, Robbie Antzmikowski, the uh, intrepid CIA investigator, went out there, got the ball. Uh, I mean, it was a bomb. And here's the thing. Marte is just as good as Harper and Machado. For all the people complaining, why didn't we get Harper? Why didn't we get Machado? Starling Marte is just as good as these guys. He just needs to put it all together. And if he can put it all together for a season, he can have a season where he hits 30 home runs, 100 RBIs, you know, 35 stolen bases. This guy has MVP potential, and if he can stay consistent, he may be unlocking it in 2019. Pitch of the week goes to Richard Rodriguez. Two and a third innings pitched in two games, giving up six hits. One run that was earned, no walks, five strikeouts, a 3.85 ERA, and a 2.57 whip. Really, I've done this all spring training and just realizing how these guys are getting their outs. Okay, The results are one in the six hits and two and a third innings. If that happens in the regular season, you're not winning my pitch of the week. But in spring training, when you get seven outs and you're striking out five guys, such as Richard Rodriguez did this week, you're going to get my pitch of the week. He... He really showed up last year being the minor league uh, free agent signing from the Baltimore Orioles, and he showed that he's one of the best back-end pitchers in this game. Yes, he's going to be that six-inning middle relief type guy, but he can also pitch high leverage situations. I like to see the strikeouts, and yes, he did blow the save last night. Not what's important. What's important is his five strikeouts. 
Very good week from Richard Rodriguez. Our rookie of the week goes to Kevin Newman. A 3.33 average, 3 for 9, a home run, and 3 RBIs. The one thing that I want to point out is that home run. Really, nobody had taken the shortstop job and ran with it until this week when Kevin Newman put his foot down because it, it's a consensus that Eric Gonzalez has the inside track. It really hasn't came out as such, but it's a consensus that it is. So it's good to see that Kevin Newman, he had a huge game on Thursday against the Phillies, having all three of his RBIs, his home run. Uh, and I've been saying this. He was down 17 pounds when he came up late last August. He regained that weight. He's back to being at full strength. Give him an opportunity at full weight and see where he goes with it. If he struggles, you have Eric Gonzalez. If Gonzalez struggles, Cole Tucker's not too far behind him. We have options at shortstop. I just believe Newman should be the guy that gets that job. Also, glove of the week goes to Kevin Newman as well. 13 total chances, nine assists, four putouts, three double plays, a part of a triple play, actually. No errors. This is the first triple play like in Pirates exhibition or like regular season play for a long time. And yes, I wasn't able to watch it or listen to it, but from what I heard, it was a very special moment in the fact that Kevin Newman was a part of it. And Kevin Newman's glove is, hasn't been a question mark, but it hasn't really been a huge strength of him, uh, strength of his. So it's good to see that he had an excellent week in the field as well as at the plate. Uh, Kevin Newman, if he starts coming to his own level or 12 days away from opening day, it's going to be interesting to see as a shortstop battle heats up between Kevin Newman and Eric Gonzalez as opening day creeps ever closer. And, yes, whoever gets that job is going to get that job on opening day. But, really, it'll be interesting to see who takes it throughout the season. All right, I want to talk about a guy that we really featured on the episode last week. Young reliever Nick Birdie has seized the opportunity the Pittsburgh Pirates have given him this spring, and he is running with it. Earlier this week on my Instagram account, I covered how no one is seizing the opportunity being presented at shortstop or as a Pittsburgh Pirates' fifth starting pitcher. This is not true for right-handed relief pitcher Nick Birdie, though. So far this spring, Birdie has seized the opportunity he's been given and run with it. At last year's winter meetings, the Pittsburgh Pirates drafted Birdie in the minor league edition of the Rule 5 draft. At the time, Birdie was recovering from Tommy John surgery. Due, due to this, he spent most of the 2018 season rehabbing in the minor leagues. Birdie did earn a September call-up with the Bucks. However, he pitched just a one and two-thirds innings for the team. The main reason Birdie was promoted in September was to begin to accumulate the service time he needs in order for the Bucks to keep him. Due to his Rule 5 draft status, Birdie cannot be sent to the minor leagues without spending 90 days on the team's active 25-man roster. If they wanted to send him to the minors before he did so, they would first have to offer him back to the Minnesota Twins. After spending the month of September on the active roster, Birdie now needs to spend just 60 days at the MLB level before he can be sent to the minors. And due to this, Birdie was given, going to be given every opportunity in the world to earn a spot in the opening day bullpen. So far, Birdie has seized this opportunity. Birdie is a former top prospect of the Twins. This is due to his power fastball and wicked slider, both of which have been on display this spring. 
It is due to these two pitches that he has the tools needed to be a lights-out relief pitcher at the MLB level. In six games this spring, Birdie has pitched six and a third innings. He has allowed two runs on four hits, a home run, and three walks. While you would like to see his issue a few less walks, his 11 strikeouts more than make up for the walk issues. Hitters have struggled to keep up with Birdie's fastball this spring. It has hit as high as 99 miles per hour on the radar gun. He has also flashed a wipeout slider that can be a deadly put-away pitch. Prior to the start of spring training, Birdie figured to have an inside track to earning a middle relief spot in the Pirate bullpen. His performance this spring has only solidified this. If his performance this spring is any sign of things to come, then he could find himself as one of Clint Hurdle's high-leverage relievers before the end of the season. Can you imagine a bullpen where you have Felipe Vasquez, Keone Kella, Kyle Crick, Richard Rodriguez, and then a dominant Nick Birdie? It goes from the core four to the power five. And then imagine if we still had Edgar Santana. This bullpen is already dominant, but it can get that much more dominant if Nick Birdie continues his dominance throughout the spring training and carries that into opening day. Now, we all remember last last year when Dovidus Nevarowskis and Josh Smoker surprisingly made the opening day roster over, uh, you know, presumed favorites such as Kevin Segrist. Hopefully that doesn't happen to Nick Birdie. And really, nothing this spring has strayed me away from believing that he's not going to make the opening day roster. And I would love to have him added to the high-leverage guys. His bullpen is already the best in baseball. You had a dominant Nick Birdie in there. Watch out, baseball. This Pirates pitching staff is just so fun to watch. And if you add a solid Nick Birdie in there, too, my goodness, would that be awesome. After struggling at times in 2018, how can Josh Bell bounce back for the Pittsburgh Pirates in 2019? After a stellar 2017 campaign, Pittsburgh Pirates first baseman Josh Bell looked to be a future star. He finished third in NL Rookie of the Year voting, clubbing 26 home runs, 90 RBIs, and an 800 OPS. Unfortunately, the 26-year-old took a step back in 2018 as he suffered from a large drop-off in power. Bell's 26 home runs came as a bit of a surprise in 2017. He wasn't known as a home run slugger at any level of his career, as he was touted more as a gap-to-gap hitter. Bell launched just 44 homers in over 2,100 minor league plate appearances, but already has 41 at the MLB level with nearly 800 fewer plate appearances. So what has changed with Josh Bell? The biggest key for Bell to bounce back this season will be finding his power stroke once again. While he may not hit 25 or more home runs on a yearly basis, he has to improve on the 12 he totaled last season. He's shown the signs for it, though, as he increased his walk percentage 10.6 to 13.2 and lowered his strikeout rate 18.9 to 17.8 between the 2017 and 2018 campaigns. Overall, his plate discipline numbers are nearly better across the board than the league average. The six foot four first baseman looks to primarily bat in the middle of the order for the Pirates this season, likely starting out as the cleanup man. Of course, 
lineups will change based on pitching matchups. But Bell should be somewhere around Corey Dickerson, Francisco Cervelli, and Thorley Marte. These batters should help Bell increase his runs scored and RBI numbers as well. Unfortunately, things haven't been clicking for Bell so far in 2019. Spring training performances should always be taken with a grain of salt. But his 172 average, 200 OBP, and a 310 slugging and 26 point appearances entering play on yesterday is pretty rough. On top of that, Bell has an 8-to-1 strikeout-to-walk ratio and just two extra base hits. However, he did blast his second home run of Grapefruit League play last night. Despite the early struggles this spring, Bell is still primed to have a wonderful season, or at least one better than 2018. He'll turn 27 in August, so conventional wisdom suggests that he should be turning the corner and entering his prime, especially considering that this will be his third full MLB campaign. He may not be a classic big fly first baseman, but Bell will be a staple on this Pirates team for years to come. We need to figure out who the real Josh Bell is. Coming into his rookie campaign, Josh Bell was touted as that gap-to-gap hitter that really prided himself on hitting the ball to the opposite field and being more of a 300 hitter. But quickly we realized in 2017 that Josh Bell could be a power hitter, a middle-of-the-lineup bat, a cleanup hitter. He batted behind Andrew McCutcheon all of 2017. He had 26 home runs, 90 RBIs. Coming to 2018, that didn't happen, but he still, in my opinion, he had the best hitter, best season out of any hitter on that Pirates roster. Some guys may have had better peripherals. Gregory Polanco, you know, 23 home runs, 80 some RBIs, and limited opportunities. Corey Dickerson, 300 average. You know, but Josh Bell showed that he can be a valuable hitter. And really, Josh Bell and Corey Dickerson had very similar seasons last year. They figured out themselves at the plate. And now in 2019, they're going to take that next step forward as power hitters. Just imagine Josh Bell getting back to his rookie campaign even better. I believe he could have a 3,100 season. That's not a stretch of the imagination. I also believe Gregory Polanco could have that as well in a full healthy year. Corey Dickinson, too. Like, this lineup just has so much potential in it. It's just bursting out the seams, ready to come out. And that's why we had to fire Jeff Branson and Jeff Lizzie at the end of the 2018 campaign, bringing in Rick Eckstein and Jacob Cruz. If Eckstein and Cruz can turn around these guys, especially Josh Bell, this lineup can be potent. It can be dangerous. It can be up there with the best lineups in all of baseball. And that starts with Josh Bell. Josh Bell is a true X factor. If he does well, this team can be a contending ball club. This club can win the division. Heck, they can be the best team in baseball. This team goes as Josh Bell goes in 2019. If he can have a 3100 season, batting like 280, this team is going to be special. And we know that. It's going to be exciting to watch him in 2019. Yes, his spring hasn't gone well thus far, but he hit a bomb last night. He hit two bombs on the spring. And that's where I like to see, okay, 
spring training performances have to be taken with a grain of salt, just as September performances do as well, more so in spring training. Spring training is all about timing and tempo. It's about getting hot late. It's about getting ready for opening day. It's not about having the gaudy numbers in spring training because guess what? Time and time again, the guys that have the gaudy numbers in spring training do not carry that over into the regular season. We see this way too many times, especially with the records to the teams. You know, we're sitting at 8-11-2. I'm not worried at all. I'm, I'm quite pleased with the spring we've put together thus far. And really, this, this rings true with the preseason of any sports, as a matter of fact. I mean, you look at 2000, was it 2017 with the Browns, I believe. They went 4-0 in the spring training, went 0-16, worst season of all time and the National Football League. So, as we stand here, 21 games into the spring training slate with 11 to go, it would be nice to see guys get hot late. And the fact that Josh Bell hit his home run last night is very encouraging. And the fact that this Pirates ball club has hit nine home runs in the past two days is even more encouraging. And the fact that it has actually been off of decent pitching, that we had five home runs off of Jake Arietta. That's encouraging. That's what you want to see. Screw the scores. Okay, last night in that 6-6 tie, we were up 6-2. We blew a four-run lead. If that happens in the regular season, I'm very upset today. But I'm not. I'm just happy that Starling Marte had a home run, a bomb. That Josh Bell hit a bomb. That Jung Ho Gong hit his fifth home run of spring training. That Francisco Cervelli went yard. I'm happy about all that. I'm happy about Adam Frazier's opposite field leadoff home run on Thursday. About Starling Marte hitting home runs on back-to-back days. I'm happy about Joe Musgrove's outing. About Felipe Vasquez's outing. How Richard Rodriguez threw the ball. Same thing with Tyler Lyons. That's what you have to be happy about in spring training. It's all about the process, not the result. Twelve days, that attitude changes a full 180. We're all results. You know, screw the process, right? But right now, in the middle towards late of spring training, it's nice to see the A lineup do well. And the A lineup has been doing well the past two days. If we can carry that into our last full week of spring training, because that's what this is. We have one more full week left in Bradenton. Let's make the most of it. Birdie has seized his opportunity this spring when he's needed to seize an opportunity. Josh Bell doesn't need to seize anything. He is the starting first baseman, and he knows that. It's all about him getting his work in and feeling good and heading into the regular season. As long as he feels good, that's all that I care about. As long as that he feels he has his timing down, his tempo down, he's ready to roll. That's all I care about. He couldn't, I, I wouldn't care if he had a single hit in spring training. As long as he feels good, that's what matters most. And Josh Bell is poised. He is poised for a dominant 2019. I can see a 3,100 year out of him. <laughs> you heard it here first. March 16, 2019, when we talk in a Seven months from now, hopefully eight months from now, after a World Series championship, we can uh, break down the dominant year that Josh Bell had with the Pittsburgh Pirates first baseman. All right, I want to talk about a legend, a, a living legend. 
Um, so there was once a Pittsburgh Pirates player who was a two-sport athlete that played both baseball and basketball. He is officially retiring from sports. Many years ago, the Pittsburgh Pirates had a player by the name of Dick Grote. Grote was born in Wilkinsburg, Pennsylvania in 1930. He went on to star as a two-sport athlete who went on to be one of the Pittsburgh Pirates and Pittsburgh's most beloved sports icons. Grote first went to Duke University from the years 1949 to 1952. At Duke, Grote starred on both their basketball and their baseball team. While he will always be known better for his baseball career, Grote also had a really nice college basketball career. For Duke basketball, Grote became a two-time All-American coming in the 1951 and 1952 seasons. His best season came in 1952 when he set the NCAA record for points scored and took home the National Player of the Year award. After his time was up on the hardwood, Duke retired Dick Grote's number 10. Grote went on to be the in the 1952 NBA draft by the Fort Wayne Pistons. He ended up playing just three seasons of basketball, averaging about 12 points per game. However, he eventually stepped away from basketball because his professional baseball career was taking off. The Pittsburgh, Pirate, the Pittsburgh native got the opportunity to also play baseball. He signed with the Pittsburgh Pirates in 1952 and went on to play 14 seasons in the MLB. He was primarily a shortstop, but also played some third base in his career. Grote's first nine years in Major League Baseball were spent with his hometown Pittsburgh Pirates, and he made quite the career with them. He spent his last three years with the St. Louis Cardinals and Philadelphia Phillies before retiring. All in all, Grote had a strong career slash on a 286 average, a 330 OBP, and a 366 slugging with 2,138 hits. Grote's numbers could have been even more impressive, but he missed 1953 and 1954 season due to military service. His best year at the Pittsburgh Pirates was one of the best years for the franchise. During the 1960 season, Grote was paired with Hall of Fame second baseman Bill Mazeroski, creating one of the best double play tandems of all time. Of course, 1960 is most noted for the Pittsburgh Pirates beating the New York Yankees in the World Series. However, Grote also brought home the National League Most Valuable Player, Grote hit for a 325 average, a 371 OBP, 394 slugging with 32 extra base hits, including 26 doubles, four triples, and two home runs. The shortstop was a three-time All-Star with the Bucks and a five-time one in his career. The reason that Dick Grote is being talked about right now is that the former Pittsburgh Pirates shortstop, Brick Native, is stepping away from sports for the first time since he served in the military. Grote has become a Pittsburgh icon not only for his time spent on the field, but also his career off of it. For the last 40 years, Grote has called the University of Pittsburgh's college basketball games. He announced a few days ago that he would not be returning for year 41 next year. Dick Grote is considered to be one of the greatest athletes of all time. He was a two-sport star who was a top NBA draft pick, a baseball MVP, and a World Series champion. He spent a good chunk of his life dedicating his time to Pittsburgh, being a role model in the community, and becoming one of the great basketball commentators. Dick Grote spent nearly 70 of his 88 years of living in sports. His retirement is well-deserved. On a night last night where the Pittsburgh Pirates celebrated Steve Blass's 60th season, we really should be celebrating Dick Grote's 70 years. 
He is Steve Blass, our living legend. Luckily, we have another year of Steve Blass ahead of us, but for the 40 years of Dick Rote calling with Bill Hilgrove, the longest duo in college basketball history, baseball MVP, top NBA draft pick, World Series champion, double play tandem with Bill Mazeroski, Dick Grote. Enjoy your retirement, big fella. You will be missed. All right, let's uh, talk about the lineup. Just came out uh, for this game. Uh, <clears throat> Chris Archer will start today against the Tigers at Lakeland. Also scheduled a pitch, Michael Feliz, Jake Barrett, Clay Holmes, and Jeff Hartley. The lineup, batting first and playing second base, Pablo Reyes. Batting second and playing left field, Patrick Kivlihan. Batting third and playing third base, Colin Moran. Batting fourth and playing first base, Jose Ozuna. Batting fifth and playing shortstop, Kevin Newman. Batting sixth and playing catcher, Jacob Stallings. Batting seventh and doing the DH duties, Will Craig. Batting eighth and in center, J.B. Shuck. Batting ninth and in right field, Ryan Reynolds. Lineup two coming in behind them. Kevin Kramer will take over at second base for Pablo Reyes. Alfredo Reyes. Will take over in left field for Patrick Kivelhan. Q. Brian Hayes will take over at third for Colin Moran. Lucas Tinkus will take over at first base for Jose Ozuna. O'Neill Cruz will take over at shortstop for Kevin Newman. Will Craig will be the DH for the entirety of the game. Uh, Purifoy, Brian Purifoy will take over in center field for J.B. Shuck. And Brett Kinnaman will be taking over right field for uh, Brian Reynolds. So, Chris Archer had a wonderful start his last time out. He dominated, and he has yet to allow a run in his five innings, and he is really starting to excite me for this 2019 season. We all remember how well he did in September, a 1.24 ERA, when he went from the stretch and listened to Francisco Cervelli. He's had a full offseason and a full spring train with Ray Searage. Francisco Cervelli won't be catching him today, but he is his catcher. Chris Archer could get back to that capable pitcher. And just imagine the rotation with Chris Archer being the pitcher we know he's capable of being. Jameson Tyon, Trevor Williams, Chris Archer. Joe Musgrove had a 4.06 ERA in his 19 starts last year, 6-9 record. Peripheral suggests that he could have a 3.50 ERA even lower. Yes, the fifth starting spot is up for grabs, and we'll see who takes that. Jordan Lyle still has the inside track, and Neil Huntington said he's still the favorite to win the job. But reports are also suggesting the buyers may be looking towards using an opener in that fifth spot. So it's going to be interesting, but that, that top four is the best four in baseball, hands down. Take those four against anybody in this league. Other guys go to the picture say Michael Feliz. Really need to see a bounce back out from him if I can pull up his spring numbers. I don't believe they've been uh, all too hot for uh, the big right-hander. And it really – he, he's an interesting case, you know, acquired from the Garrett Cole deal, but he, he's really never lived up to the potential that we know that Michael Feliz can be besides last April. I'm going to pull up his numbers for spring. He's a 4.00 ERA and in nine innings pitched, uh, nine hits, four runs, four earned, two walks, six strikeouts, a 1.22 whip. Let's see what his FIP is. So four ERA and a 6.70 FIP. So he's, he's actually gone pretty lucky with having that low ERA. Really want to see a solid outing from him today. He's fighting for that final bullpen spot, but is he going to get it? Jake Barrow will be making his Pirates debut today. A waiver claim from the San Francisco Giants. Looking forward to see him. Not sure if he's going to make the opening day roster. Then we get to see Clay Holmes. 
slated to begin the season in triple A rotation. And then Jeff Hartlieb. Um, a lot of noise has surrounded him. He didn't have a very good Arizona Fall League, as we covered back in the fall. But uh, a lot of people are like him, comparing him to Jared Hughes. So uh, it'll be interesting today. Uh, again, don't don't care too much about the results. I want to see Chris Archer do well uh, in the lineup. Uh, be nice to see Comran have a nice game. But uh, yeah, that's that's just going to do it for our show today. Uh, again, I just want to say thank you, Dick Grote, for all your time. You're a Pittsburgh legend. Thank you, Steve Blass. Uh, it'll be a lot fun, fun last season for you. 130 years of experience combined between the two guys. Just absolute living legends. Josh Bell's going to have a bounce back season. Nick Birdie's going to be a part of that Wolfback. Adam, I'll have to change my uh, T-shirt design for that. But yeah, so thank you for tuning in. Uh, for more Bucket Booth content, head over to our website at baseballpodcastnet.com. Follow our host on Instagram, myself at Bucks Dugout, partner Jared at Pirates.Strong, and uh, follow the Baseball Podcast Network on all social media platforms. Instagram at Baseball Podcast Net. Twitter at Baseball Podcast One. That's P O D C S One. YouTube at Baseball Podcast Network and SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network. Head over to stubbyard.com, punch in promo code BPN10. Get 10% off all tickets for all events. That's BPN10, BPN10 at stubbyard.com. And uh, I have a really cool Josh Bell t-shirt design on Baseball Podcast Net. Like, I drew it and everything. Really would appreciate if you go and support the podcast by uh, going over there and purchasing that t-shirt, too. Yeah, so uh, Pirates Take on the Tigers today in Lakeland. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you this morning. I love coming on here and doing this every Saturday morning. We'll see you here, same time, same place, next Saturday. Oh, let's go, Bucks. Final week of spring training. We'll be headed up to Cincy shortly. <laughs>